0: Alright, let's see here. I got my laptop up. I got my tea. I got my water. I got everything I need. I'm pretty sure we are ready to go. The phones are unplugged. There's going to be no interruptions. We are early, early morning, 8.15. We're going to get this recording done. We're going to get rolling here. Episode 2. I can't wait for it. We've been doing really, really... You had one job! Ah. May not be the intro you want, but it's the intro you got. What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, welcoming you to part two of episode zero for Justin's NFL Football Pick Show for the 2016-2017 NFL season. So, with part one last week... Very excited that we got back to this one more time. As I mentioned in the in the stupid little intro, it's very early in the morning. I have to work this afternoon, so we're getting this thing out quick. Uh, the numbers from part one, uh, again, that was an hour-long episode, so I really went in with very few expectations in terms of the numbers. I've been very pleasantly surprised, to be perfectly honest. Getting about 20 views on YouTube per day since I put it up. I think it's sitting at 132 or 133 or something like that. Uh, three or four spins on SoundCloud, which was excellent, had an iTunes download, and that makes me really happy. It means that people are interacting with the show at every platform, which is fantastic. It's exactly what I wanted. So thank you guys so much for the support and the uh, the actually the interest, really, in, uh, in the new format and the way the first episode of the show went. I assume the numbers are going to climb up once we get into talking about some actual games. That's part of what this episode episode is or part two of episode zero if you remember from last week, last week we did some fantasy. This week, it's all about predicting the AFC. So I have record predictions for all of the teams, all 16 teams in the AFC. We're going to get into that towards the end of the episode, or the latter half of the episode, I should say. As I mentioned one more time, I'll remind you, we are a podcast. We are on SoundCloud. We are on iTunes. SoundCloud.com slash Bridgewater's Finest. It's up to eight followers already, which I think is great. Or if you're using the SoundCloud app, just search Bridgewater's Finest in the SoundCloud app. You'll find it there as well. On iTunes, search for Bridgewater's Finest on iTunes as well. I have one iTunes subscriber, had one iTunes download, which is ha fantastic. So everybody, get on there. If you have iTunes, follow the show on there. Take the podcast with you on the road. I'll mention again one more time, we have two Pick'em Leagues for this upcoming season. We have the private Pick'em, we have an ATS Against the Spread specific Pick'em, we have 13 people in the regular Pick'em League, we have 9 people now in the ATS Pick'em League, that's fantastic. It's on Yahoo, it's football.fantasysports.yahoo.com slash Pick'em. You want to click the league that says Join Group. The group IDs for the regular, uh, just straight up who's going to win, who's going to lose pick them with the confidence points is 3343. 3, 3. The group ID for the against the spread pick them is 3451. The passwords for both of them are 123456789. Going to make it easy for you. 13 and 9, those are pretty good numbers in terms of People that have joined already, we still got almost a month to go before the season starts. But get in there, put your picks straight up and against the spread, head-to-head against mine. See, look at that. Our housekeeping only took like three minutes this time, as opposed to, I don't know, the 10 to 12 minutes that we had last week. So, let's get right into the episode now, and I want to start with a little bit more fantasy talk, just because I had my first two fantasy drafts that actually mean something ones that weren't just mock drafts so my first two fantasy drafts are in the book uh that is my league the league that i've had for years and i've been the commissioner of for years and another long-term league that i've been in for a while by the name of dog nation that's run by my friend tommy george Obviously, I'm not going to go through every single pick in every single draft, but I did want to hit you with a couple of highlights from those two leagues. We'll start with my league, the league that I've been doing, I think, since 2004. So I've been doing it for quite some time. I managed to grab, in that league, Antonio Brown at number two overall. He slipped down to number two. Cam Newton got taken number one overall. And before you're like, what the hell are you talking about, a quarterback first overall? As I think I mentioned last week, we're, we're a very QB heavy league. We start two every week. It's high QB scoring. I was not surprised that a quarterback went first. I might have been a little surprised that it was Cam Newton, but I can understand why Cam would go first. I mean, they did make it to the Super Bowl last year, so it's not like it's a huge surprise. So Cam went first. I managed to get Antonio Brown number two overall. I was so happy about that. And I paired him up with Des Bryant, who I grabbed in the third round at number 22. I should mention, this is a 10-team league PPR scoring, it's pretty high scoring. We start three wide receivers every week, two running backs, a flex position, and those two quarterbacks. We have some individual defensive players as well. So we got Antonio Brown and Des Bryant as my top two wide receivers. I was very happy to grab those two together. My two QB combo, again, since we start two quarterbacks, my two QB combo, there are some question marks behind. It's Eli Manning and Carson Palmer. It's kind of the old the old man club but everybody's talking about the Giants as if their offense is going to be some like juggernaut this year so I thought well if I gotta grab I gotta grab a quarterback Eli was the best available at that point so I grabbed Eli first and then I grabbed Carson Palmer because he was an elite fantasy quarterback last year and he still got Fitzgerald he still got John Brown he still got his weapons so uh, Michael Floyd So uh, hopefully that works out and he can put up something of a repeat performance there. So Eli Manning, Carson Palmer, that's my two QB combo for most weeks. I grabbed Tony Romo as my backup because there's always that sort of puncher's chance that in the regular season Tony Romo is usually pretty damn good if he's in there so I grabbed him as my backup and if he starts putting up wicked numbers he could start becoming one of my every week starters so that's my QB uh, depth chart there Eli Manning, Carson Palmer and Tony Romo. I think my favorite part of that team aside from my wide receiver depth there at the top with obviously Antonio Brown and Des Bryant who there is a little injury concern behind I will admit that. Probably my running back depth, and specifically at the back end of it, I drafted Arian Foster at 119th overall as my RB5. I love that. I I am so, oh my god, I I get chills thinking about that, because here's a guy I drafted after the 10th, outside the, sorry, it was in the 12th round, as a 5th tier running back. Who could potentially put up RB one numbers? I I'm so, I, I again I get tingly when I think about having Arian Foster on my team as an RB five. That gives me so much depth at the running back position. I believe I also took Matt Jones, Rashad Jennings, and those guys are not starters on my team. So I got a lot of running back depth there. Five guys arguably who could put up borderline RB1 numbers very very happy about that I'm super stoked about my team uh, in my league I think it's going to do really really well this year my IDPs are solid my defenses are solid love my wide receivers quarterbacks really the only question mark there which could be a huge question mark in this league because it's so quarterback heavy but I think we're going to do just fine Popping over and taking a look at the other draft I talked about, Dog Nation, uh, that was Adrian Peterson was my pick uh, at number six overall. I picked sixth in a 10-team league, so I was picking fairly quickly. I I did miss a portion of this draft because it was going on while I was at work, but I did manage to line my lunch break up with the start of the draft, so went fantastic there. So Adrian Peterson I grabbed at number six overall, was very happy with where he fell to me there. Uh, Antonio Brown went number one, no surprise there, and I paired Adrian Peterson with Shady McCoy, LaShawn McCoy at number 26, so I was pretty happy to get McCoy at number 26, Aaron Rodgers, I grabbed as my quarterback. I believe I spent a second or th- second or fourth round pick on him, but I'm pretty sure it was a second round pick. So it was a high price to pay, but for one of the four to five elite quarterbacks in the league, I was willing to pay that price. My favorite part of my team, though, again, this is another league that's PPR scoring, and I feel like I've grabbed a PPR gold mine at wide receiver in this league. Here's my wide receiver depth chart. We start three every week. Jarvis Landry, Golden Tate, Larry Fitzgerald. All three of those guys had at least 90 targets last year. And the only reason Tate only had 90 was because I think he missed some time last year. So he would have been up over 100 had he played a full 16-game schedule. So that's my starting three for most weeks. I paired behind them Willie Sneed, uh, Marcus Wheaton... And Corey Coleman. So I got young, talented guys behind there who are all probably going to be wide receiver twos on their own team. So they're going to be starting. They're going to be out there a lot. They are going to be target machines. I feel like PPR, I really struck gold in this league. So I'm looking forward to the fantasy football season. I'll, I'll, I'll put it that way. With the two teams that I've drafted so far, I got one more draft to go. And I think it happens like the day before uh, the the season first starts or something like that. so it's right up there snuggled up to the season so we'll be able to wait out all the injury news and everything like that. I'm very excited. I hope your fantasy drafts are going well. Leave some comments on YouTube, on SoundCloud, iTunes reviews, whatever. Let me know if you've done some fantasy drafts so far, some ones that count, some ones that matter. Let me know who'd you take in the first round, uh, what's your running back combo, quarterback combo, whatever you want to put there, some picks that you really loved, like some real value picks, some sleepers, everything like that. Talk some fantasy football in the comments section below. Ah, T is life. Alright, some news and notes from around the NFL before we get into predicting the records and division champions and wildcard and everything like that for the AFC. Uh, Going up to San Francisco, Blaine Gabbert apparently seems to have the inside track for the 49ers starting quarterback job. You look at fantasy relevant guys on the 49ers, you're looking at Torrey Smith, you're looking at Carlos Hyde and Bruce Ellington who is a, a very popular sleeper pick for some people. I think that hurts their value. I got nothing against Blaine Gabbert whatsoever, but I think he's the Alex Smith type of guy who is a game manager, and it's gonna be you're gonna be hard pressed to get a lot of fantasy output from a guy like that. Whereas I find Colin Kaepernick not necessarily a better quarterback, but much more dangerous. So. I think that hurts these people's value. Torrey Smith, Carlos Hyde, who's going very high in some drafts. A lot of people are drafting Hyde as their RB1. I think that hurts his fantasy value, having Blaine Gabbert back there under center versus Colin Kaepernick. And put on top of that, Blaine Gabbert had a pretty underwhelming debut in the 49ers' first uh, preseason game. I would almost, especially if I was Carlos Hyde or Torrey Smith or Bruce Ellington, I might start getting in the coach's ear about getting Kaepernick out there and possibly, if he performs, giving him the starting job because I think that's only going to help my fantasy value, help my value in terms of my numbers, and therefore the team's numbers moving forward. I like Kaepernick over Gabbert in the 49ers quarterback uh, situation. What do you guys think? Some bad news out of the Mile High City that is sure to make Billy B very upset and have a couple of sleepless nights. Broncos defensive end Vance Walker has officially torn his ACL. He will miss the entire 2016 season. That is a definite blow to that Super Bowl winning defensive line. Looks like Jared Crick is the one that's got the inside track to start uh, at defensive end alongside Derek Wolf in the Broncos 3-4 defensive sets. Obviously a lot of that is going to get masked by the fact that their linebackers are so damn good and their secondary is so damn good and that defense is going to dominate again this season barring um just catastrophic injuries. But will that have an impact on Denver's season or what impact will that have on Denver's season to not have a guy like Vance Walker up front there on the defensive line? That Broncos defensive line, the front seven, they're very good uh, so And they're very deep, is is the other thing. So, I mean, going from Vance Walker to Jared Crick, it's not a giant step down. So I, I don't think it's going to have a major impact. But, you know, people that follow the Broncos very closely would be able to answer that better than I can. So, Vance Walker, torn ACL. Jared Crick's going to be in there probably starting every game. What impact is that going to have on Denver's season and on the... Uh, efficiency and effectiveness of their defense let me know in the comments section below we go now to michigan and the detroit lions tight end situation half moons picks detroit lions they have signed a tight end from a division rival formerly of a division rival at least andrew corliss tight end formerly of the green bay packers signs with detroit first of all does this make andrew corliss public enemy number one in green bay I believe it does, at least from the fan perspective, Andrew Corliss signing with Detroit. How bad are these health situations for both Eric Ebron and Brandon Pettigrew? Because like they have already have tight end depth in Detroit, and yet they go and sign a guy like Andrew Corliss, who is a dual-threat tight end. I have to imagine that Eric Ebron is going to miss some time in the regular season. Brandon Pettigrew is going to miss some time in the regular season. To me, there's no other reason to go out and sign Andrew Corliss. That's just uh, used up cap space. It doesn't really make a ton of sense to me, although they don't have Megatron anymore. So Corliss signs with Detroit. What do you, First of all, does that have any impact on Detroit at all? Andrew Corliss is a good player. But most of all, what do you think that means for the health situations for both Eric Ebron and Brandon Pettigrew? And in what was probably my favorite piece of news from week one of the preseason, professional football back in the city of Los Angeles, the Rams back home, arguably, and the Rams win an entertaining, come from behind 28-24 victory in the first week of the preseason over the Dallas Cowboys. Jared Goff, the much much touted uh, first round, first overall, I think. Uh, quarterback of the future, he really struggled in this game, though. Four for nine, only 38 yards, and he threw an interception. But Mannion picked up the slack behind him. He dominated. 18 of 25 for a buck 47, three touchdowns and a pick. Those are some big boy numbers, especially those three touchdown passes. Really leading uh, the Rams back into that game and beating Dallas 28-24. to That was my feel-good story of week one of the preseason. My, probably my favorite story of week one. All right, folks, it's main event time. Let's get into our AFC predictions. And I mean, obviously, this stuff is going to change as the season moves forward. But as we're sitting right now in the preseason... Here's how I think it shakes down. We're going to go clockwise on the clock here. So we're going to start in the AFC North, Baltimore, Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh. Cincinnati won this division last year. Pittsburgh got in as a wild card team into the playoffs. Let's start with Baltimore. I think Baltimore is going to have a bit of an up and down season here. Baltimore is known for being a very tough team to play in Baltimore, but on the road, Really, they've kind of been sort of cupcakes here. But uh, Baltimore, I think they're going to be a perfect 8-8. Eight and eight. I think they're going to win eight games. I think they're going to lose eight games. Uh, in terms of, like, they, they got some tough road games here. Like, I mean, they have to go into New York to play the Jets, and that's a difficult game. They play the Giants in New York the week before that. So yeah, they're in New York for two straight weeks. I think they lose both of those games. Uh, they got to go into New England and play the Patriots. I think they lose there. They got to go into Pittsburgh. I think they lose there. They got to go into Cincinnati to end the season. I think they lose there. So I think they're they're kind of in the wild card conversation right up until the last couple of weeks of the season, where they end their last four games at New England, home to Philadelphia, which that's a game I think they win, at Pittsburgh, at Cincinnati. I think they lose three of those four games. Baltimore's gonna miss out on the playoffs. I like them to go eight and eight. Taking a look at last year's division champion, the Cincinnati Bengals, I think the Bengals, first of all, go a perfect 8-0 and at home. They've got a couple of tough home games. I mean, they've got Denver is going to come in and play them in Cincinnati, but I think that's a game that the Bengals win. Uh, they play like Cleveland and Washington. That's not a, Those aren't difficult games at all. Miami is not going to be a difficult game. Buffalo might give them a little bit of a challenge at home. Philadelphia, possibly. They got to play Pittsburgh in Cincinnati, but I think since it's in Cincinnati, that's a game that the Bengals win as well. And then Baltimore to close the season. All of their losses, I think, are going to come on the road. I think they're going to have a losing record, to be perfectly honest, on the road. I like Cincinnati to settle at 11 and 5. The road losses are going to come at Pittsburgh, at New England, at the Giants. At Cleveland, I think Cleveland gets one up on Cincinnati at home in Cleveland. And at Houston, I think Houston beats them in Houston. I'm expecting big things from Houston this season in in certain places. I think Houston will step up to that game. I like Cincinnati to end the season 11-5. So right now, Cincinnati would be your division champion over Baltimore. Let's go look at Cleveland. And as much as I want to say that... Cleveland's time is now to turn around and have a better season. They've got fantasy weapons on that team, but honestly, it's going to be another down season for the Browns. I hate to break it to you. i got the Browns going 2-14, and 14, unfortunately. They've got a relatively tough schedule, and they play teams that they have a chance at beating but only if they were playing them at home and they're not. They're playing them in their own building. We're talking about Philadelphia. I think typically they would beat Philly if the game was in Cleveland or they have a chance to beat Philly at least if the game's in Cleveland. Not going to happen. Games in Philadelphia, Philly's going to win that. Uh, Miami, same deal. Washington, same deal. Tennessee, Baltimore, (laughs) same deals there as well. Uh, And Buffalo as well. All those games are on the road, and Cleveland has no idea as a team how to win on the road. They don't have that identity. They haven't had that identity for years. I think the only two games that Cleveland wins this year, they're both at home and they bookend their bye week in week 13. I think they beat the Giants, and I think they beat Cincinnati, which is a huge game, a big will be a feather in their cap for the rest of the season but then I think they close by losing three straight games so I think Cleveland's going two and 14 they're not going to be a factor really right out of the gate I think they lose one two three four five six seven eight nine ten the first 11 games I think this is an 0 and 11 team going into when they finally get the first win and then we come to the Pittsburgh Steelers who I am expecting to have a monstrous year this year This is another team that I expect to run the table at home. They got Cincinnati, Kansas City, the Jets, the Patriots, Dallas, the Giants, Baltimore, and Cleveland is their home schedule. That is a tough home schedule. Even though it's at home, that's a difficult schedule right there. There are killer teams in there, but I think Pittsburgh wins them all. I think they're 8-0 in Heinz Field this year. And where Cincinnati I thought was going to be under 500 on the road... Pittsburgh, I think, is going to be 500 exactly on the road. I think they beat Washington, beat Miami, beat Cleveland, and beat Buffalo on the road. Home losses, I expect they're going to lose in Philadelphia, lose in Baltimore, lose in Indianapolis, and lose in Cincinnati. I like Pittsburgh to finish 12-4, and and I think Pittsburgh's going to win this division at 12-4 over Cincinnati at 11-5. Cincinnati is going to get one of those two wildcard spots at 11-5 fairly easily. We head to the AFC East where we've got Buffalo, Miami, the New England Patriots, and the New York Jets. Now obviously the Patriots, the big story in this division, are going to be without Tom Brady for the first four games. How well are they going to weather that storm? We're going to start in Buffalo. Buffalo's got some weapons on that offense now. You're talking about Shady McCoy. You're talking about Sammy Watkins. And Tyrod Taylor, who is a sneaky, sneaky quarterback pick this year. If he's still available in fantasy, you might want to try to grab him. Buffalo, I think they're going to have a very good season. I think Buffalo's going to have a marquee win. Mark this one on your calendars. Week 8, New England at Buffalo. I think the Bills beat the Patriots. In Buffalo. But the Bills are going to struggle a little bit out of the gate. They got a difficult first four games. They're at Baltimore. They have the Jets and then the Cardinals at home before they go into New England to play the Patriots. I think they only go one and three in that stretch. I got Buffalo finishing the season nine and seven. There's nothing wrong with that. Nine and seven is a respectable finish. I think they're going to struggle on the road this season. They're only going to go three and five on the road, I think. They're going to lose in Baltimore, in New England in Seattle, in Cincinnati, and in New York to play the Jets in Week 17. But they're going to go a very respectable 6-2 and two at home. Only two home losses, I think, will come against Arizona and against Pittsburgh. So 9-7 and seven for the Buffalo Bills. Nothing wrong with that. Let's look at Miami, who struggled last season. Ryan Tannehill is really struggling to live up to those borderline elite expectations that people have had of him. And they've got no Lamar Miller this year. They're going to be splitting time with Arian Foster and JE at running back. They've still got Jarvis Landry, who is still a monster, but I don't think that's going to be good enough here. I think it's going to be another down season for the Dolphins. I've got them at six and ten. That is not good. Pardon me, I don't have them at six and ten. I, in fact, have them at five and eleven. They got a fairly tough schedule this year. Three of Miami's first four games this season are on the road, and they're in Seattle in New England and in Cincinnati. That's almost unfair. I think they beat Cleveland at home, so like in Miami, but they're losing those first 3 road games. There is no question about it as a matter of fact, I don't think they get their first road win of the season until week 11 when they play the Rams. In fact, that's where most of Miami's struggles are going to come this season on the road. I am predicting a 1 and 7 finish on the road for the Dolphins this year. Their only road win coming in week 11. Against the Rams because they end the season at Baltimore, at the Jets, at Buffalo, and I think those teams are still gonna have something to play for. Hate to break it to you, Dolphins fans, you probably should have held on to Lamar Miller. All right, let's look at the Patriots here. The Patriots who won this division last year, let's get into it. That first four games, as we mentioned, right out of the gates, at Arizona, home for Miami, home for Houston, home for Buffalo. Now, at the very least, Three of those first four games come in New England, where they are very good. I think the Pats go an even 2-2 and in those games. I think they very comfortably beat both Miami and Buffalo. They just know so much about those two teams, having played them so many times in, you know, basically playing them twice every year. So I think they beat both Miami and Buffalo at home. If the Buffalo game was in Buffalo, I may have considered giving it to Buffalo, but... I like the Pats to win those two games. I think they lose in Arizona, and I think they lose against Houston at home. I think Houston's defense can really confuse Jimmy Garoppolo, who I did not think looked spectacular in his preseason debut. So I like him to go 2-2 two and two before they get Tom Brady back. Tom Brady's going to come back, going to have two straight wins, but then they're going to lose two straight. they got two difficult road games there at Pittsburgh and at Buffalo. Before their bye week in Week 9, I think they lose both of those games. The Buffalo game isn't upset. I have to give that to them. But at Pittsburgh, that I mean, Pittsburgh's such a difficult place to play in. I think they lose that. So heading into the bye week, I actually think this is only a 500 team at 4-4. Four and four. After the bye week, that's when the Pats are going to go on their run. I think they're going to finish this season out 7-1 after the bye week in Week 9. Their only loss I expect to come in Denver against the Broncos, against that defense. That's the only game in their final, like from Week 10 until the end of the season, that I think they're going to lose. I think they beat Seattle, they beat San Francisco in San Francisco, beat the Jets in New York, beat the Rams, beat the Ravens, beat the Jets in New England, and then beat Miami in In Miami. This is a team I think is gonna finish 11 and 5 and win this division. I don't think, I still don't think there's any team in this division that's going to really make a run and step to the Patriots and their ability to win this division. That leaves us with the New York Jets. Very good home team, but rather inconsistent. I think this is a 500 team at home. I think they're gonna struggle on the road here. I've got the Jets finishing 6 and 10, second to last place in this division. I don't think, in fact, they get their first win of the season until week seven when they host the Baltimore Ravens. Situationally, the Jets have a killer first six games. Home to Cincinnati, at Buffalo, at Kansas City, home to Seattle, at Pittsburgh, at Arizona. I think they lose every single one of those games. The upset there is probably the game in Buffalo. If it was in New York, I'd probably give it to the Jets, but it's not. It's in Buffalo. I like Buffalo to win that game. I think they beat Baltimore at home. They beat Cleveland on the road. They're going to have other home wins against the Rams, the Dolphins, Uh, Buffalo to finish the season they're gonna lose both games against New England after their bye week in week 11 they're probably gonna lose to the Colts so Jets have a tough schedule this year I don't think they're gonna survive it I like the Jets to go 6 and 10 Patriots win this division one more time with a record of 11 and 5 and none of the AFC East teams will compete for a wild card Let's head down south now, AFC South. We're looking at Houston, Indianapolis, Jacksonville, and Tennessee. Houston, with the surprise last season, winning this division over the Colts. So let's start with the defending division champion, Houston Texans. They've still got the jewel in the crown on defense in J.J. Watt. Now they've got a jewel in the crown on offense. Well, they got two now in DeAndre Hopkins and Lamar Miller. So they have got a dangerous offense here. They got Osweiler uh, at quarterback, which I think is going to be a struggle for them one more time. I actually think Houston's going to have a bit of a down season this season. I like them to finish exactly 8-8, 500 record. Might be a little disappointing coming off the division win last year. They start the season out, uh, I think they beat Chicago, and actually I think they go into New England, as I mentioned, in week three and beat the Patriots, which is a huge win for them. Other than that, I think they got... Five losses in those first eight games, so that's going to be a little unfortunate. I think they lose to KC. I think they lose to Tennessee at home, which is definitely the upset of the bunch. They're going to go into Minnesota. They're going to lose that game. I think Indianapolis beats them in Houston. Then they're going to go play Denver in Denver, and I don't think that's going to end well for them. They're going to have a marquee home win late in the season. They're going to beat Cincinnati in Houston in Week 16. Unfortunately, at that point, it's going to be a, too little, too late. I think they end the season with three straight wins, home to Jacksonville, home to Cincinnati, and then in Tennessee. But before that streak starts, they're going to be a 5-8 and eight football team, so they're really not going to have much to play for. I think they're going to end the season a perfect 8-8, eight and eight, and they're not going to compete for a wild card. Let's go to Indianapolis, talk about the Colts. They still don't have a run game, but man, that pass game is going to be good. Uh, Andrew Luck, obviously the jewel in the crown there. You got guys like uh, Derek Dorsett, or Philip Dorsett, Derek Dorsett, Philip Dorsett, obviously, and um, Dante Moncrief, I, I spaced on his name there for a second. Look, and T.Y. Hilton, obviously, that pass game is going to be just fine in Indianapolis, and I think that's going to propel them to a lot of wins this season. As a matter of fact, they're another team that I think is going to run the table at home. Their home schedule, fairly light. They got a couple of marquee wins at home. We're looking at uh, Kansas City. I think they beat in Indianapolis, as well as Pittsburgh. I think they beat in Indianapolis in Week 12. The road, they're going to struggle. I think they lose in Denver. I think they lose in Jacksonville, which is going to be one of the upsets of the first four weeks here. Indianapolis going to go into Jacksonville, and I think they're going to lose. I think they're going to lose in Green Bay. I think they're going to lose in Minnesota. Other than that, I like Indy to run the table here. I've got Indy finishing this season 12-4. and Spoilers, Indianapolis wins this division 12-4. and Going to be a huge record and a huge season for them. And speaking of Jacksonville, let's go to Florida. Let's talk about the Jaguars. Lots of reasons to be excited in Jacksonville. Blake Bortles looks like it was his coming out party. He looks to take a huge step forward this season. Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns, TJ Yeldon, Chris Ivory now. There are a lot of reasons to be excited about that offense in Jacksonville. Unfortunately, Jacksonville's defense is still Jacksonville's defense. If you step up to a team that's got a good offense, I it's going to be hard for Jacksonville to win some of those games. I think they're 2-2 two and two out of the gate. They got their bye week very early this season, week 5. I think Jacksonville is going to fade down the stretch here. That, I think, is going to be their major problem. But they're going to be in it up until about week 11 week 12 i think they're going to be right there in the mix maybe not for the division but definitely for a wild card but i think out of the jaguars final six games i think they lose five of them and that's really where the season is going to fall apart we're looking at a game in buffalo hosting denver at houston hosting tennessee and then at indianapolis to end the season i think jacksonville loses all of those games I think they save a little bit of respectability here by beating Minnesota in Jacksonville in week 14, but I just, mm, I just, I don't like Jacksonville's chances to really make any noise in terms of a wild card or anything this season. Now looking at their, at their schedule, it's a tough schedule. But they've got some marquee wins here. I think they're going to beat Baltimore in Week 3, beat Indianapolis in Week 4. Both of those games are at home. I think they beat Houston in Jacksonville. So they've got reason to be optimistic moving forward. I think Blake Bortles and Allen Robinson are going to have really good seasons. That running game is going to be good now with two dangerous running backs versus just one. But I still like Jacksonville to finish just under 500 at 7-9. and nine. Then we rounded out looking at the Tennessee Titans here, and Tennessee has got themselves a difficult schedule, playing a lot of teams that I don't think they have any chance of beating, uh, and a couple of coin flip games that I think situationally are just not going to go their way. Tennessee, I've got finishing the season, unfortunately, in the basement of this division at 6 and 10. matter of fact, in their first five games, the only game I see them winning is an upset win in Houston in week four. I think they lose to Minnesota. They lose in Detroit. I think they lose to Oakland, who I think is going to have a good season this season. Then I think they're going to go into Miami. I don't think they win that game. They host Indianapolis. I don't think they win that game. They host Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville is going to beat them. I think Jacksonville is a better offensive team. They're going to have some marquee wins here. The big ones are going to come back to back here in week nine and week 10. I think they go into San Diego and they beat the Chargers. Then they host Green Bay the next week, and I think they beat the Packers in Tennessee. That's their big marquee win this season. But other than that, there's going to be a lot of problems for this Tennessee Titans team. I've got them finishing six and 10 at the bottom of this division. Indianapolis wins the division. Nobody else from the South competes for a wild card. You know what that means, though? That means that the second wildcard team comes from the West. Let's start in San Diego with the Chargers. Uh, obviously, they damn near moved out of town in the offseason. So it would be really good for their fan base to give them an over 500 season. I don't see it happening just based on the defense. I think the offense is going to be fine. Melvin Gordon going to have himself a breakout year. Keenan Allen is one of the elite, uh, you know, PPR fantasy players. And he's going to get so many targets. And he's going to have himself a great season. Antonio Gates is he there. He's the stalwart. Um, Phillip Rivers is a great quarterback. I think he is a great quarterback. He's not elite, but he's a great quarterback. I still think they finish 7-9. and nine. I think they're going to have a couple of huge home wins this season. I think they beat Denver in San Diego in Week 6. I think they beat Kansas City Week 17. Unfortunately, it's going to be too little too late. As a matter of fact, heading into Week 16, I think this is a 5-9 team, to be perfectly honest, and they're going to struggle on the road. As a matter of fact, the only road win I have San Diego getting this season is at Cleveland in Week 16. I think this is a 1-7 and seven road team. At home, I think they're going to do really well. I think they're going to go 6-2, but... I just don't see them winning a lot of these games on the road. Like, you look at their road schedule. At Kansas City, I don't think they win that game. At Indianapolis, I don't think they win that game. At Oakland, Oakland's a better team, to be perfectly honest. At Atlanta, they play fairly well at home. At Denver, they're not winning that game. At Houston, I think Houston's got what it takes to beat them at home. At Carolina, yeah, no thanks. That's not happening, especially not at Week 14. Sorry. I think they're only a one and seven road team. And if you go one and seven on the road, you ain't making the playoffs, Jack. So seven and nine for the Chargers. I think they wind up in the basement of this division. Let's talk about the Oakland Raiders. And the big thing about Oakland, I look at their road schedule. They got some really winnable games here on the road, especially early in the season. And I think that's going to give them some confidence. They're going to stumble out of the gate, they're going to lose in New Orleans in week one I've got the Saints beating Oakland in week one after that they're in Tennessee week three I think they win that game they're in Baltimore in week four I think they win that game they're in Jacksonville I think they win that game they're in Tampa Bay I think they win that game a couple of upsets here on the road towards the end of the season Kansas City I think they beat KC late in the season I like them to win that game in week 14 san diego i like them to win that game and the big one i like them to beat denver in week 17 in denver only because at that point i don't think denver is going to have a whole hell of a lot that they need to play for i think they will have already spoilers wrapped up a playoff spot by that point so i don't think they're going to have a ton to play for i like oakland to win that game and finish the season nine and seven I think they're going to struggle a bit at home. They've got difficult home games. Kansas City, Denver, Carolina, Indianapolis. I think they lose all of those games. But I like Oakland to finish the season at 9-7. and seven. Does that mean playoffs? Almost. So close. So close. Kansas City. I think Kansas City finishes 10-6. and six. Oakland is going to come so achingly close, and Buffalo, too, I think, comes so close to the playoffs, but they're just going to miss out. I just like Kansas City's schedule that much, just that tiny littlest bit more. I like KC to finish 10-6. and six. Actually, I think they start the season 3-0. I think they start as the hottest team in the AFC. I think they stumble a little bit from there, but they're still going to have a really good season. Actually... All but one of Kansas City's losses this season, I think, are going to come on the road. I think they're going to struggle on the road this season at 3-5. and five, But i like them to go 7-1 and one at home. I think the only home game they lose this season is against Oakland in Week 14. That would mean home wins against San Diego. The Jets, who don't play well on the road. The Saints, who don't play well on the road. Jacksonville, who don't really play well on the road based on their history. Tampa Bay, same deal. Tennessee, I think they beat Denver in week 16. Kansas City does in Kansas City. I like them to win that game. But like I say, again, Denver, I think, is going to have a playoff spot all wrapped up by this point. They don't have a ton to play for at the end. Kansas City's got a fairly tough road schedule here. I think they lose in Pittsburgh, lose in Indianapolis, lose in Carolina, lose in Denver, and then lose a mostly meaningless game against San Diego in Week 17. Kansas City ends the season 10-6, and six, and I think they are the second AFC wildcard team behind the Cincinnati Bengals. That leaves the Denver Broncos, who I think will repeat as division champions. I've got them finishing the season at 11-5. I've got four of their five losses coming on the road. I think Denver loses in Cincinnati loses in san diego in week six that's an upset i understand i think they lose in new orleans in week 10 just ahead of the bye week i think they'll be looking ahead to their bye as it comes relatively late in the season and i think they lose in kansas city as i mentioned in week 16 with not a whole hell of a lot to play for but at home I mean, these guys are virtually untouchable. I think they're going to go 7-0 at home before the last week of the season. A meaningless game against Oakland, which I think the Raiders will win. Denver, 11-5. They got some marquee home wins here. It's a tough home schedule. I think they get it done. Starting right off the bat, Carolina Week 1, Super Bowl rematch. Denver wins that game. Indianapolis, Denver wins that game. Atlanta, they don't play very well on the road, so I understand. But Kansas City... Denver wins that game. New England in week 15. Denver wins that game in Denver. I like the Broncos to finish 11-5 and and win the division. So if all that happened, you'd be looking at first round playoff matches probably of Denver, KC, and New England, Cincinnati. Wow. I would love that on wildcard weekend in the AFC. Those are my AFC predictions. Pats win the East. Steelers win the North, Colts win the South, Broncos win the West, Chiefs and Bengals are your wildcard teams. All right, folks, that is going to do it for part two of episode zero of of Justin's NFL Football Pick Show for the 2016-2017 NFL season. Next week, we're doing another fantasy episode. We're updating the top 50 big boards. We're going to see who's gone where, who's moving up, who's moving down, who's dropped out of the top 50, and who you should just avoid entirely. That is next week. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen once again this week. It's a relatively long episode, but it is shorter than last week, so we're moving in the right direction. Going to try to get this thing to around 40 to 45 minutes once we actually get into the season shouldn't be too difficult from here that's it for me justin bridgewater's finest on youtube blockbuster underscore guy on twitter do not forget join the private Pickem three three four three on yahoo join the ats pick three four five one on yahoo passwords one two three four five six seven eight nine for both of those leagues soundcloud itunes all that good stuff Thank you very much for listening. We will see you again next week when it's time to talk a little more fantasy. See you then.